0: Welcome to What I Wish I Knew by Dental Head Start, your weekly mentoring session thanks to cpdjunkie.com.au.
1: Traffic lights. Anyone can understand traffic lights. It's just red, amber and green. Green means go, red means stop. It's simple. What about when you're assessing a case, say it's an implant case or an orthodontic case? There's a protocol called SAC, Simple Advanced Complex and it has the traffic light colours to help us understand how difficult a case is. This is something that really simplifies the assessment of a case and this is something that helps you stay within your scope of practice which is your obligation even if you're taking on new and more challenging cases. In this episode, we talked with Dr. John Hagliasis. He's from Aorta, an orthodontic training company that helps you understand how to assess a case, what the difficult things can be, and to prevent you getting yourself into trouble. Check them out at aortaustralia.com.au. The
0: protocol is not mine. It was something brought up in the implant world. So the SAC protocol all began for me about 10 years ago. I was at an implant lecture uh, and the great Dr. Stephen Chen was talking about how to ensure predictability and reduce risk and complexity with implant placement, both from a restorative and oral surgery perspective. And he brought up this concept of SAC, simple, advanced complex. He, he cited research Uh, claiming that when a a dentist or or a periodontist or an oral surgeon place their first 50 implants, the statistics show those that haven't got an understanding of complexity will have an increased risk of failure. And generally, your first 50 are where you're going to fail and where you're going to learn. Um, And he would then talk about how to determine an implant based on parameters that are physiological, biological, um, uh, anatomical, um, and also sociological from a patient's point of view and psychological. So we talked about how an upper implant near a sinus area uh, in a smoker would be a reason for it to be a complex case. And that really resonated to me because as we were expanding our practice and our business, I was responsible for multiple over 10 clinicians and I needed a clinical quality control system so the sac protocol evolved not just for uh clear aligners it evolved for every aspect of our practice so there has to be a self-evaluation as per guidelines before the clinicians determine whether they're doing a root canal doing a root canal on a 3-8 in someone who has who is um limited opening is clearly going to be complex despite it only having one canal so understanding what you're doing and factoring patient expectation. Someone with a high smile line, for example, that presents the news or is an actress or actor or, or a model is gonna have higher expectations if you're doing a gum lift than someone who's got a low lift line. So looking at all the aspects um, to determine simplicity and, and, and how to play safe in every aspect of dentistry. And clear aligners are no different. So as I've started teaching clinicians over the, over the years, it became apparent to me there needed to be a system to help serve and keep them safe in looking at a case. And with technology and with aligners, we have this, this amazing amount of data that we don't know what to do with. It's given to us in six planes of movement, but we don't know how to determine the numbers. The aligner companies do. They have the parameters and preferences based on their default setting of movements of how a tooth can move predictably. But when you're sitting there with all these numbers there and you're trying to work out your orthodontic principles, your prosthodontic principles, your facial setting principles, and then all this data, it's very hard to know how to look at a case and play safe. So the SAC protocol evolved to support clinicians in looking at a case and self-evaluating it based on micro or tooth-by-tooth movements, macro based on intra-arch movements and facial setting movements, and then obviously physiological uh, medical history evaluation, psychological um, by using it. If a patient comes in for example and they're looking at the software and they come in with calibers to start measuring your software setup and and start talking about and naming the teeth by numbers. that's a patient with a psychological expectation that may not be un- unrealistic that may be unrealistic. So you want to evaluate this because the, the easiest case can turn into a nightmare if the patient global factors uh, psychologically, uh, in the red zone or in the in the complex zone and vice versa. Some of the most complicated cases I've ever treated where I've had the patient who had the best understanding of compliance and commitment became easy. So it's a protocol that assesses the, the, the numbers, the, the orthodontic principles and the patient factors to help you assess a case and know when to refer and know how to seek mentorship or support or versus proceeding. Because at the end of the day, no one likes having an uns- a dissatisfied patient.
1: Absolutely. It's, it's such a crucial part for someone who's starting out in aligners as well or, or basic orthodontics is our ability to self-assess. Obviously, it's, it's critical according to APRA, but sometimes the things that literally go over our heads. So that's why I really I think this is a fantastic protocol. Tell us a, a, a few specifics perhaps about the micro, macro and then global factors that might
0: categorize that case. Okay. I think the most important factor to look at is the global factors and assessing or self-evaluating a patient's ability to be compliant. Because like um, I always say to my students and and to clinicians is that you can have the best software set up. You can tick all the boxes, keep it safe, move those teeth predictably, but if the patient doesn't wear it, it's not going to work, and the global factors or self-evaluating a patient's psychological profile, social profiling to be compliant is critical. Some major research from the US talks about chloraline as being most compliant in patients who are tertiary educated, women twenty-five to fifty-five who have got kids, stability. Patients who tend to be poor compliant are those that may only have a high school degree, who. Don't come in for regular recall appointments. These are all red flags. Doesn't mean they can't do aligners, but you want to self-evaluate a case based on screening them to see if they're suitable to being compliant rather than suitable based on a class one or class two or class three profile. So compliance is critical because once you have a patient who understands the commitment that they have to do with aligners and you can screen them accordingly, then you can move on to the data and the movements and then evaluate a patient based on facial aesthetic or functional consideration and needs. A patient who has a high smile line all of a sudden becomes an advanced or a complex case because everything you do has greater repercussions because if you start moving teeth labially and increase the risk of recession in a high smile line case anteriorly, then there is an issue with soft tissue and emergence profile that you've got nowhere to hide with. Compared to someone with a low lip line, and then and then you look at the micro and macro movements for, for suitability, and then by then understanding from the bigger picture first, and then into the into the the detail, it's important. I think a lot of us as dentists focus on the detail first and the bigger picture second. But I think with aligners, we have to put ourselves in the patient's shoes and then evaluate: are they going to be compliant? Are they medically fit? Is there any psychological uh, unrealistic expectations that we need to be aware of? great and then evaluate extra oral, oral, and then the dental by using the SAC protocol so using the global factors, physiological uh, expectation then the, the movements intra-arch from a facial setting point of view and then the movements of the teeth to try and move the teeth in a, in a limited way to keep it simple just because you can move all the teeth doesn't mean you should, so if you've got a case where there's a posterior crossfire for example but the patient is only worried about malaligned anterior teeth focus on what they want and what they need and minimize the movements to keep the case more predictable
1: i just want to take a moment to thank our sponsor and ask a question But how do you make the most out of your CPD? I think the first step is to make sure you've chosen the right CPD. And how do you know that unless you've seen it all? cpdjunkie.com.au is made so that all of the dental CPD in Australia and New Zealand is in the one place. We've got all of the webinars, all of the live courses coming up on the website, easy to find and easy to filter. And the second step, well, it's all in the free ebook on their website, cpdjunkie.com.au, the home of Australian Dental CPD. Thank you for supporting dental students and graduates and thank you for supporting the Dental Head Start podcast. So when you're using this SAC protocol in your practice or when you're talking with your students, do you expect um, or want them to do it in their notes for every single case? How do they
0: actually apply? It's a great question. There's a number of ways it can be applied, but I think it's the mindset first. It is looking at a case and evaluating it and then going through that. So when a patient comes in for a new patient uh, orthodontic consult, new patient um, interview and, and assessment, you are evaluating those questions from the moment they come in and get interviewed by your receptionist um, or looking at the medical form and ticking the boxes. So you're collating data on their compliance and their ability to be compliant based on how they fill out the medical form. When's the last time you went for dental checkup? Have you had all the before? Are you happy with your smile? These questions already build the ability to evaluate a patient's compliance. If a patient says, I haven't been to a dentist for 20 years, I smoke, um, then that's a concern and they want to align their teeth. That's not going to give you confidence that you've got a patient who understands and you can work with because you need to rely on predictable compliance. So the medical form, the the, the inability to, to collect data uh, and not assess that from the beginning. Um, is a critical mistake that I see. So you want to ensure that you're collating that information that's going to help you assess compliance. So when you're assessing them physically and biologically to assess what's wrong and diagnose, you already have an understanding whether clear aligners is going to be suited to them. Because not everyone should have clear aligners. Clear aligners can treat literally any situation, but it only should be treated by people who can wear them predictably and confidently. So you want to make sure you're, you're, you're self-evaluating that from the moment you see them, even before you see them, by getting a medical form that helps tailor um, those questions that are important for you to determine compliance.
1: How can people find it? Is it accessible for free or is it only through the subscription?
0: Now, look, so it is not something that's straightforward. We have some free webinars and so forth on, on the Aorta Facebook page and website. But it is part of the teaching. So whether it's Aorta Essentials where you have an online platform to introduce you to the principles of clear aligners and facial aesthetics and and how to immerse yourself into the mindset of the power of clear aligners into a general dental practice, it's part of that teaching. And then we bring it up into every aspect of our training, whether it's clinical confidence sessions, uh, whether it's practice integration programs or master classes. So it starts off being available to everyone who has done an online or face-to-face course, um, and then it builds on it. But it is a philosophy that can't just be applied separately to that. You need to understand what aorta represents and what it's trying to teach to get the best value at it. But the sac protocols aren't something that's exclusive to aorta. It's it's what we should be abiding to in any facet of dentistry that we're trying to upskill ourselves in. Um, So it's thinking about it in many aspects rather than just the clinical aspect to it. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Dr. John Hagliosis. Pleasure. Thank you.